in the game. So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NFL, NBA, and sometimes college. Today's topics are going to be about the Lakers winning the NBA championship, Dak Prescott's ankle injury, the Atlanta Falcons firing their head coach, and multiple positive virus cases in the NFL. But before we get into it, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Muhammad, and I'll let my partner introduce himself. Oh, Vindication. I'm not even going to introduce my name. We got Vindication. We have the King James being crowned again. But this is Alex, and we're going to heat it up. Yeah, sports are really heating up. And we'll go ahead and go with King James. So, the Los Angeles Lakers have obtained their 17th NBA championship with LeBron James being named the MVP, finals MVP. Now, LeBron has captured his fourth ring and fourth finals MVP. So, with this fourth ring, is LeBron any closer to being the greatest player of all time? Oh, he's closer. Um, There was definitely a halt on, I guess, him still being the best. Uh, With that one injury, one year, uh, and even though the Lakers had, when he got injured last year, was ranked number three in the West at the time, there was just not much hope for him getting it again or getting it with another franchise. So I definitely put it up there, but... We all know the number he's shooting for. If he gets six, he definitely gets that title of greatest ever. Uh, because, shoot, you went to six others on top of that. At that point, he would be more than likely six for six, or let's say he goes to four more championships, six for seven. Either way, he would have retained the most championships on top. Of, well, not the most, but uh, he would have as much as Jordan, but more appearances. And long, long. Wait, you, you took away your audio right at the end of that. And uh, and longevity, longevity. Okay, so yeah, longevity that definitely counts. Consistency that shows a truly great player. And I would say yes, he has closed the gap, but just a little bit, not much. Um, this NBA championship. I don't know if it's because of this, the way that this year has gone, but I'm not saying it's, it felt empty, but man, it, it kind of felt close. Um, it, it just didn't seem the same. Now, of course, it, it, it counts the same. He still gets his fourth ring. It adds on to his legacy. But um, I guess unless he can add on two more, there's not too much that can really push forward to being the greatest of all time. Um, there's there's just been too many blunders in his career to uh, measure up to what Michael Jordan has had, where it's, it's kind of hard seeing him making that leap, at least in the general, the general NBA audience. I have to disagree in parts of that. Uh, Now, I could see how you can say it feels a little more empty. I think that has to do with the fans, crowd, and that type of thing. I I do think that that is what it is. But I would say the reason why it is somewhat empty is because it's a milestone. It is a milestone to get to the other goals. This is just a needed step to get to the other steps because partly it's going to be kind of slightly not really forgotten, but if he does get a one and two championships after this, then it will only be looked at as a milestone that gotten him to the other, uh, to where he really wants to be. Because if he gets one more, he's only one more year. Like, seriously, if they go back like next year and he wins again, it will be the same exact conversation. Hey, well, you don't have six. And I, I, I disagree with the blunders because – I really think people have the wrong mental about 
making the playoffs or making the finals and losing because everybody who did not make it to the finals and did not win are losers. That means anybody who didn't make the playoffs, the people who were in the playoffs, and anybody who even played in the finals, you're all losers. But the least loser is the person who ended in second place. I know there is no second place Ricky Bobby and all that, you know. But you have to put in account the fact that uh, LeBron, not LeBron, but Jordan didn't make it past the first round a couple of different times. He got swept in the first couple of rounds. He he gets vindication and he gets credit for going against people who he got beat by with the bad boy business. He gets more credit for just going against them, even though they whipped him multiple times. So I, I'm not really in the field of letting people kind of downgrade this one right now, like the bubble and all of that other stuff, because I'm going to vigorously defend it, his, his position right now, because the story has not fully ended. It's really just a milestone. Yeah, I can agree. Yeah, this is definitely a milestone. Um, that's what it feels more like than him actually like being, being the greatest of all time. Um, and, you know, maybe in a couple of years, we'll revisit this, and if he wins two more championships, then it's pretty much uh, he could be the greatest of all time, or I don't know. It, it might be half and half of the audience, but um, I think that LeBron, he is definitely one of the greatest players of all time. And when I talk about the blunders, I mean the meltdown against the Mavericks. That was the, the biggest one that I don't think I Michael Jordan ever came close to doing that. Well, when you get swept in the first round, that's a meltdown. Uh, no, I mean, so when LeBron got swept by the, the, um, the Warriors, finals? was that a meltdown? Mm, that's a finals. That's a finals. Well, what I'm first saying is, is that a meltdown? You said it's, uh, since he got swept, that's a meltdown. No, but there's a difference between you be, being created, uh, considered the greatest and you get swept in a first round. LeBron has never lost a first round ever. So I, you can't discount the at the time that Jordan got swept in his first round of the playoffs. If you're the greatest, you can still push past a first round. <laughs> I'm not discounting that he got swept. I'm just saying just because he got swept doesn't mean it's a blunder or a meltdown. Um, and LeBron has never gone up against um, like all-time greats in a first round. Uh, well, uh, if we want to go the Shannon Sharp way, let's compare competition. Uh, when did Jordan ever face uh, a Warriors team? Anybody? Hey, who were the Hall of Famers who match up to the Hall of Famers that LeBron has gone against? Is there any Steph Curry that uh, Jordan ever went against? Is there any uh, Spurs team that uh, Jordan went against? Is there there's certain like there's a list a full list of Hall of Famers, and Jordan had to go against Max three. Three? You mean during his whole career? Final, finals, finals, finals-wise. Okay, but I wasn't even pointing to that being a blunder for LeBron or Michael Jordan because they got swept at those moments. I was talking about against the Mavericks. That's the only one I'm pointing to. True. Yeah, very true. That's that's definitely no... He, there's two. There are two moments he does not get any uh excuse for it's the last year in cleveland that series was a meltdown that's that just a meltdown um i wasn't then, looking at that but yeah <laughs> yeah no i'm gonna get I, i'll be truthful with it. it's those two it, it's it's really those back-to-back -back years that those were back-to-back -back years if not within all in one year uh because the playoffs had ended the end of that uh that that's how you exit the playoffs and exited uh, Cleveland, and then the following year was when he was at Miami and then had to melt, well, did not win against the Mavericks uh, in the finals. So it's really like within a year's, year and a half span, he did not have very great moments, but everything else is looking golden. Yeah. Um, I, I think we agree on most stuff, but let's move it along to does LeBron James have anything else left to prove? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yes, 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 he does. Yeah, we, we everybody knows, as we said, this is a milestone. 
the proving is the it's the he needs to prove an overwhelming um case. It, it can't be a close case for him to get this position. And even then, we know there is going to be people undoubtedly who will say on their heart test that Jordan just better. That's what they're going to say. But just to wean over those last, I'd say, 10, 15 percent uh, out there, because I think there's a, a large percent of people who do think that he's the greatest. I wouldn't say it's a I say it's above 50 percent with real basketball um, aficionados. But with that in mind, I would say. LeBron has to get at least one more. And I really, it, six gets him there. Five gets him in an argument for time going on further on. Like, if he gets to five, there will be a constant argument. He gets to six, he gets that goal. He gets that last achievement, which is really just a mental of being the greatest. Okay. Uh, when you said overwhelming, I, I thought you meant more than six, because that's what I'm going to go with. For people, for well, for most people who are NBA fans, they want something overwhelmingly uh, to be a, a deciding factor to where they just can't deny it. So I say seven. Now I feel like he can reach that. You know, if he dominates throughout this whole time that he's on the Lakers, which I think is probably no. Well, he has he still has two more years on his contract, I think, but he could get a, get an extension. I mean, we'll see. But I think that it'll definitely have to be overwhelmingly um, for, for him to be considered the greatest of all time throughout everybody's minds. And I think seven would be that. I hear you, but I think this is literally the start of his appreciation. I literally think this is literally the start of real appreciation for him, his longevity, the entertainment, consistency, the things he's done off the court, on the court, all of it together. I think this is literally the beginning of his appreciation. And by adding on two more championships to this, I don't think it takes uh, seven. because Simply because you start to count in the fact that he made six others. And then you have to count in, he's in his 18th, 19th year at that point. Who's doing this in the 19th year and ran off a three, uh, three straight championships? He would be in an absolute terror if you're doing that through the later part of your career. That undoubtedly makes you the greatest if you do that in your late career. Like, if he does this for two more years, there's n- I, I, I wouldn't be able to listen to anybody else saying Jordan is the greatest when I really would entertain the idea now. I, I don't. I know personally I feel he's the greatest, but I can understand how other people would consider Jordan being the favorite. In, the, in that other case, I, don't, I can't even entertain a conversation of John, Jordan being the greatest with LeBron going to, at that point, 12 championships, winning six and losing six. Who cares? He got a whole lot. He would have every stat out there. Yeah, Um yeah, I, I mean, I guess. It, I, I think it'll be 50-50, really. I, I don't think it's so overwhelmingly for LeBron James at that point. I think seven really just nails it in there to where you can't doubt it anymore. I think if you get the seven and they already, they're still doubting you, you're not going to win them over. It's just not happening. But, I mean, you're just tying him. You, you're not getting more. True, but that then... I think the conversation of this whole six thing is uh, stupid anyway, because how about all these other people who never made it for to every year, all these players who don't make it, but there's not counted against them for not making it ever. Like it's just, but it's the only person who it is counted against is LeBron for not, not only not making it, but not winning it. He makes it literally like every time, anytime he's in the playing field, pretty much for, for the last decade, he he is the one there. He has more appearances than any franchise out there. Any franchise. So I say, if you got to that point, there's nothing you would ever be able to say to that person to think that they that the, there won't always be an argument over who is the greatest. But I, I just don't think that would be smart to argue that 
Jordan's better when he could not last longer. He had to take a mental break. He, 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 in many ways, he is not LeBron. Longevity, scoring, attempts, like it, it's, it's in many ways he is not LeBron. Well, when you talk about other players, thinking of them as the greatest players of all time or comparing them to Michael Jordan. So what about nobody's looking at them like that. What about Kobe? Yeah, he was at one point, but then that though all of those talks, you know, that disappeared at one point. But basically, nobody else has been looked at as the greatest of all time besides LeBron James being compared to Michael Jordan. True. So it really should be an honor to be in the race, but I think he wants an undisputed, defined marker on this. Like he no longer wants this to be a debate, and it really shouldn't be. Even though, because we should also consider what he's done off the court and the totality of who he is and what he's done. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I I guess. I I guess he can do that. But uh, I don't know. People mainly look at what what you do on the court. So um, True. But he's, he's been just as great on the court as he's been off the court. That's what I think just not like if other people did things off the court, it, you don't get more credit just because of that. And then you do mid-level star stuff that doesn't, that's just normal. That comes along with the case. It's being great and doing the other things. And st- he's, he's excelling people off the court and on the court. And that's the reason why I say it should take uh, credit for it. Cause and I don't see no other uh, players out here starting up schools. I don't see no other players doing these, the, the things he's doing even off the court. Well, I think some of them are. I mean, they're not starting schools, but there's plenty of players who give back and everything. Maybe oh, yeah, they, they aren't back. as vocal um, about, about, like, you know, the social injustice, but they are doing things out there. Oh, no, I'm not saying they're not doing anything. I'm just saying he's doing it more and better. That's it. <laughs> he's just well, doing it at a high level. more popular. That's why he can reach more people. Uh, people got millions of dollars. They can choose to, uh, to put their money where they feel like. I, I, I'm pretty sure there's enough people in positions who could have done exactly the same thing, but he actually did it. Okay, yeah, I can agree with that for for the most part. Um, Especially going back to players in the past, uh, like Michael Jordan. For example, exactly. That is exactly the point. I'm sorry, like that is literally the biggest example of somebody who could have clearly did what LeBron has been doing off the court. Okay, but I'll move along to the last question about LeBron James. So, how many rings can LeBron get with the Lakers? I think he gets at least one more. But I think it's a toss-up on what's going to happen next year. I actually think it's going to be a repeat of the same teams in the finals. And Giannis will be on the heat this next year. You know, that's me rooting for my favorites anyway, but... Uh, really biased pick, of course, <laughs> but I would say they return, and with that possibility that Giannis is good on that team and makes it that far, I think they could win against the Lakers, and he loses another one, but he wins the following year. Okay, um, I'm gonna say he gets two more um, because I, I don't see too many challengers out there in the East. Um, I mean, that's still a huge if if Giannis goes to the Heat. Um, but if they don't add any more people, then they're pretty much in the same place. I guess they gain more experience and maybe they're a little bit better. But um, that's just a huge if on the Heat. Um, the, the Nets, they have a pretty good team. Uh, they made the playoffs without their two stars. Um, now it's very questionable with their coach pick, but... I think that their stars are good enough to overcome that and probably get to at least one finals. But I don't think there's too many challenges in the East. So I'm going to say he gets two more, at least. Okay. So do we? Do you feel that Golden State's era is over? Mm, mm, wow. wow, that's a hard question. Um, I didn't even think about them. Uh, he has to go through them in the West. To do this. That's true. Plus, you know, of course, everybody else. Unless somebody else upsets them. But um, it, it's hard to say right now. Um, we haven't seen this Golden State since 2016, really, because Kevin Durant, he came in and ruined that. 
So I just don't know what to expect from them. I, I think that they'll still be a good team, but I don't know if they are ready for the new LeBron Lakers. I agree. Because it, it, the word out on the street and rumors out here is the Golden State Warriors have to get a big to get past the Lakers. That's, that's the word on the street. And I understand why the word on the street is that. Because I'm pretty sure they're going to retain all three big men. We already know they're going to re-sign AD. There's absolutely no reason why you would leave. Because uh, he has not signed a deal yet. But we know this is just a foregone conclusion with AD staying there. AD... They're going to keep Dwight Howard. Whatever deal they got to work out, I don't think Dwight Howard ever leaves the Lakers again. I think that is his home to the end. And if he can't get signed to them, I think he just retires. Just just to end his career in a good note. And still put him in a friendly mental state for the Hall of Fame. Because it, it got sour over the past five years. And then you have the third person, uh, McGee. Uh, which I think he is the only toss-up not to return. But if they do retain them, Golden State's in trouble along with the rest of the West. Yeah, I think most teams in the West are in trouble. Um, we do have some up-and-coming uh, younger teams that might have a little bit to say about that. Maybe the, the Dallas Mavericks. We'll see what the Clippers turn into once they get a head coach or make some trades or something. But it looks like the Lakers are pretty set up. Well, they are set up pretty well for the future at least the, you know, uh, next two or three years. But um, go ahead. Well, I just want to, yeah, because I want to comment on, because somebody uh, pitched a very interesting idea of a trade for Giannis, uh, which actually kind of entertained me, but I don't know whether they really pull this off. Uh, But Giannis going to Dallas could be a possibility i don't know how it fully works but that looks like a team that could make it very far within at least the next two to three years uh they they are a dangerous um set of people so uh i don't know i'm uh, far off from what we were actually talking about but i say the west is is quite interesting i don't think they add on stars i think stars move out of the west in this offseason and yeah, I, I just think a lot of stars get uh, kind of exit the West to at least get to a finals uh, with this upcoming dominance that the Lakers will have. OK, but just to comment on the Dallas getting Giannis, I don't think a trade needs to happen. All they have is Porzingis is w- which what they've paid already. And I think Luka Doncic is still on a rookie deal. So I mean, who else do they really need to move to make space for him? Oh, yeah, it might. I think only a trade will end up happening because uh, the Bucks will need to get something out of it before they get nothing out of it. And the only way to get something out of it is to trade something for Giannis. Now, I don't say Dallas is intentionally needs to. They don't need to, but maybe to obtain him before he becomes a free agent. And I don't see Milwaukee actually letting him go for nothing. They're going to have that conversation before just nothing that it's going to just require a trade before this is said and done. Okay. Yeah. I always forget that, you know, Giannis, he still has another year, (laughs) but people act like he could, he's about to leave like next year within the next few months. But it's because um, of the trade aspect. It's the fact that the clock is on Milwaukee. And that means that Giannis can be moved before that time, which is very likely with the way these playoffs went. Yeah, um, but they said they want to build around him. But let's go ahead and move it along. What were you going to say? No, I said, of course, go, but go ahead. Yeah, we'll move it along to the Dallas Cowboys and Sorry. Dak Prescott's injury. Before we end on that, we must comment about Danny Green. I mean, what else is there to talk about? I'm, it's over. This man won't be on the team next year, but I'll end it there. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay him and coos um, him and coos y- y- y'all gone but go ahead <laughs> <laughs> okay come on Can- can't you just enjoy your championship yeah i mean enjoy it and also look to the future there's the two players we need to get rid of we can keep rondo i talked all that trash about rondo and rondo done came through only in the playoffs <laughs> right, that's where he needed where he's needed 
I guess going. he can sit the rest of the season and then play in the playoffs. But I don't know about that, but keep, keep going. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Let's move it along to um, sad news with the injury of Dak Prescott. So Dak Prescott was injured doing a scramble and fractured his ankle. So with this season-ending injury for Dak Prescott, can the Cowboys still contend for a Super Bowl? Uh, quick answer. Uh, dang, I can't give a quick answer. I thought I was, it was a quick answer. But uh, uh, I don't think so. I, I never, I didn't fully sit back on it, but I don't think so. I don't think Andy Dalton has that type of ability that Dak was definitely showing. He's a comeback master. Uh, it's just so it happens that his team is always in a need to have to come back. Um, no, I don't think so. But uh, I was going to start off with, I was going to give a quick answer and then say that you buried the lead, which is that there's more to that story. You know, Dak had already been in the whole contract uh, negotiations with the Cowboys, didn't sign the contract, betting on himself. And l- this man didn't just break, like break his ankle. He, his bone protruded out of the skin uh, off of a very simple tackle that happens all the time with not even somebody who weighed a lot. And he's a very good running quarterback. All odds not towards him the, the situation happening. So I, I say no, no, I don't. I do not see the Cowboys still having that ability because I think they undervalued how much Dak brought to the team. Um, I'm going to have to agree. Yes. Um, well, actually, no, they can't contend for a Super Bowl, at least not this year. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, their defense is awful. Um they just gave up a whole bunch of points and yards to a team that is not great on offense, um, which is the Giants. And they don't have Saquon Barkley. He's out for the season. Um, they don't have too many receiving threats. And they were able to put up, I think, 33 points on them. Um, and even with Dak, they were still struggling against the, the Giants because he threw a pick six. And, you know, they were going back and forth. So, yeah, the, it's pretty much over for them, uh, but they can still win the division with Andy Dalton. I still think that is highly possible because their division is awful. It's trash. Um, the winner will probably win six or seven games, uh, which is pretty funny. But, yeah, I'm very sad for Dak. I really am a fan of him. Um, it was really hard to see that, um, not because – well, not only because, you know, he went through so much stuff. is because it did not look good. Um, initially I thought it was his foot was out of his, uh, his cleat, but no, that's just his foot just turned the wrong way. So it it didn't look good. And I'm sad that he's just gone through so much stuff with, you know, his brother dying and then, um, this contract dispute where he didn't get a long-term deal. And now all of this has come together to, uh, have this injury happen. I, I can see why he was full of emotion and in tears when this happened. Yeah, because he took a bet on himself and in an odd way loss, in a very odd way loss, that unexpected loss. He was supposed to win. His odds were quite high for him winning to get the money that he wanted from the contract. He could have pre-signed the contract, had $80 million locked in, secured, and everything. I don't see the Cowboys signing him again. I don't even think he gets the tag again. I don't think they even they even do that. But it is building for a comeback story in about a year and a half from now. He's going to end up on another team, and hopefully he's on a team that somehow, some way, make it to the Super Bowl or wins the Super Bowl. And you know the way Cowboy luck luck goes. Uh, they let go of the quarterback who does get to the promised land before them. Yeah, um, I guess I can see that. But with um, the Cowboys, I think they're in a hard position because they have a team that's pretty much ready for, well, we're not exactly ready, but they have the parts on offense, at least, that's ready to contend for a championship. 
do they want to go back into the draft and look for a rookie? Um, and most likely they won't have a high draft pick. So I think they're in the worst position. They want to win now. They don't want to wait to wait until a rookie quarterback or two-year quarterback develops. Um, so I think they're in a really bad position just as much as Dak. Yeah, I do think they're in a bad position, but they were already in a bad position. They weren't going to be in this position whether Dak was there or not because they're already losing. That is a bad position when you are so far over the cap and when you've put so much money into this team. So they were already in a losing position. They're just in a more losing position with more question marks. I I don't I think they were already playing that gamble. They were already playing to the uh the slots to see whether they could really hit a lot of or hit the jackpot on this one and maybe get Dak signed at a lower lower amount. They could they actually probably could have after this year. Like just because it'd been being a sucky season and somewhere somehow met in the middle. I don't think they back him after this point because it's going to take so long to show any real progress and he's going to need at least the franchise tag, which is going to be too expensive for them. No, I mean, I, I think that in some way, somehow they're going to get a deal done. I, I just think this marriage is going to work for now, at least for this upcoming contract, because I, really I think they need each other. I really hope so, but I don't think the Cowboys think they need Dak as much as Dak and a lot of other people think he they need Dak. Uh, it's that Jerry Jones factor, and there's there's, a, there's not just a little bit of black, bad blood. There's actually a lot of black, bad blood, and we don't know what he's about to go through. I, I think he probably probably was already bordering on some type of depression because it's definitely understandable. You, you lost your brother. Like, it, it, it's definitely not easy at all. And then you throw in this with a long time to yourself, not knowing your future, your contract, whether you even play again. I, I just say, hopefully they keep up with him, and hopefully he does make it through it mentally well. Yeah, I mean, I hope so, um, because he, he went through a lot. But I'm moving along to what is Dak's future with the Cowboys or not with the Cowboys? I, I, I kind of answered in the future. I don't think he's with the Cowboys. I think that is the last game he plays with the Cowboys. Um, I, I can't give you an idea on what team he's going to be on. I really can't. Because uh, the landscape of NFL changes in many different ways. I, I just don't know. But, man, I just don't think he plays again for the Cowboys. Wow, that's really sad. <laughs> um, I think he does. I think he comes back, you know, very motivated and strong and ready to prove that he was, uh, well, this injury was a fluke and he can come back and win games for the Cowboys because I feel like they need him. And, I don't see any other player out there that can really help them um, at least win a championship. Andy Dalton, he has a lot of experience, but not enough experience to get you over the hump. Um, I mean, Dak, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he has done a lot more than what Andy Dalton has done in his whole career. So I think Dak and Jerry Jones, they work it out somehow, some way to meet in the middle. Maybe not what, exactly what Dak wanted, maybe not exactly what Jerry wanted, where they can come together and finally get a long-term contract. I'm afraid of time in this situation. I'm very afraid of time because with more time of Dak not being around beyond the forefront in their mind, they're going to have to find ways. Like We're in the beginning of a season. They're going to find their way towards a starting quarterback or some normalcy to the team which makes it easy to move on when you come, come to the offseason or the next season. Because I don't even think he's going to be ready to play the start of next year. He's, it's probably going to be like a year and a half of real recovery to get to a, a good point. And I think due to time, they're going to find a way to fill that slot or possibly have some type of hope. Because 
the the game of the thing, the goal here is not to wait on Dak. That that's just it's just too long of a timeline. So mentally, they're already going to find solutions outside of him. So needing him may be immediate, but it might not be immediate after after some time. Um, I still think they need him because they want to win right now. Now this year is pretty much over unless they make some type of um, some type of run that you just. <laughs> Just impossible, but it, I, I think they just really need him. Um, but should Dak be given a long-term deal from the Cowboys? No. Oh, sad, sad to say, but no, it's not good money business. It's not. It's not good business. It, it just isn't good business, and that's the saddest part about it. Is if even if they want it to do what was mentally right and what he's earned, it's just not good business. You don't attach a long-term deal to a person who you know is going to be out for at least a year from now, and you were already on the fence about giving the long-term deal, or at least about how much you wanted to give on the long-term deal. I, yeah, I, I don't know. No. Like, because they, they need a proven a proven game situation or something like that. And that is going to be hard to come by for Dak in the next year and a half, especially even with the whole Corona situation going on. His future, there's a lot of question marks. I agree. There are a lot of question marks, but I just think the Cowboys need him just as much as he needs them. Um, Are you going to have Andy Dalton lead your team? Um, are you gonna? Do you think Andy Dalton can lead you to a Super Bowl? I mean, I, that answer is no. That that's just a flat out no. And I think that you know Dak may not get exactly what he wanted uh, with the long term deal, but I feel like he he might take just a little bit less or maybe um, stretch out the contract to the point where they can finally come together on a deal. Okay, so if Andy Dalton does get them to the playoffs, which you know is not going to be too hard with this division, but let's say he does a moderately okay job and does get them to the playoffs and win one playoff game, which is further than the Cowboys have gotten in a, a good long while here, do you think they stick with Andy Dalton or feel the need to even entertain the Dak idea? Well, the smart person would not would not see this as well. We'll see Andy Dalton as the long term future because he's not. Even if he does win one game, um, it's just not going to happen with him. Um, Andy Dalton is not the future quarterback. There's a reason why the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals got rid of him. They just let him go. They didn't even try to trade him. They just let him go. Dak is way better than Andy Dalton at this point of his career. And I would challenge you on, on they haven't been, well, the Cowboys haven't been any like past the first round in a while. Really, they've done it twice because they beat the Seattle Seahawks a couple of years ago, the same year that um, we had the, that call in the super in the Superdome against the saints or no call. Whenever the guy from the Rams yeah. hit the guy out of bounds um, and the Cowboys, they actually played the Rams the week before, which was the second round. So um, they haven't gotten past that, but he has gotten to the second round twice. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, <laughs> overall, I, I, I think we're dealing with Jerry Jones and, and too early in the season. To, I think with time, he may become unappreciated even more than he's already being underappreciated. Yes, I do think you're right about them needing each other, but I don't think the Cowboys view it the same way. Okay. Yeah, I I can agree with that. The Cowboys don't see that right now, but if Andy Dalton is a dumpster fire, then they'll definitely see that they need Dak. Um, Well, that's the thing. If he's a dumpster fire, they're just going to find another solution. And it's a lot of time to find a solution before the real solution is supposed to be there. And that that just scares me that if they find a solution and it's good enough, 
they may stick with that, especially if it's cheaper. Well, I guess the only way that happens is in the draft. But do well, you actually you give play, that? Well, train for who? I don't who know. Who's out there? It, it, it could be somebody. <laughs> there, this coaching tree changes around. I mean, not coaching tree, but uh, quarterback. It, it, it changes around. There's a possibility they find somebody. There is a possibility. Okay. Well, only time will tell. But we'll move it along to the Atlanta Falcons and how they have fired their head coach, Dan Quinn, of six seasons. So the Falcons have started the 2020 season 0-5. Um, with this firing of the Atlanta Falcons coach, who will be the best fit to replace? Oh, let me say that over. With this firing of the Atlanta Falcons coach, who will be the best fit to replace Dan Quinn? Um, I honestly don't know. That sounds um, pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, it's quite hard. I, like, I don't, I don't think there's any like big name coaches just out there without a job. Um, I just don't see any big name coaches out there who just doesn't have a job, and that makes it extremely hard to to answer this question. So I'm guessing somebody who's not a head coach right now. I, I really th- this is a hard question to ask because uh, to answer because I honestly have no idea. Not even someone when he's announcers. I and it's not like I don't know names. I just can't think of anybody who's even big name enough to replace and have some confidence in or even to get them out of their mental state of that type of franchise, somebody who replaces them. Now, if let's say John Gruden was out there just because of his flash and his optimism, I would have chosen him, but you know, he's already been with the Raiders for two years. Uh, It's just very hard to answer that question. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to answer this question. Um, but I'll throw out a name, Eric Bieniemy. He's a guy that a lot of people have talked about getting a job last year. Um, he's the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, um, and people were talking about him getting or getting a, a chance at uh, the Houston Texans job, maybe in the offseason. So I think that he would be a good person to uh, be a head coach because it looks like the, the Chiefs, they have plenty of offensive weapons and he's able to utilize them very well and the falcons have very good offensive weapons that he could probably utilize pretty well so i think that he's a pretty good candidate but can atlanta win a super bowl with matt ryan as their quarterback well that's i'm not fully sure and i'm I'm not against thinking that they can win one with them because i actually want to comment more on the other coach because that is a great idea for him to be uh, their head coach. the Simply looking at the division, I think the NFC East is a halfway old division due to the quarterbacks. You have Drew Brees and you have Tom Brady, which I think is a max of two years of them still being in the league. Max. So that means the rest of the division will be young and you can go ahead and establish yourself even as you know, the uh, the Panthers are tr- also trying to do within this division. Uh, so I would say yes, that is a great idea of a coach to fill in that slot. Uh, now, uh, to answer the other question you said, whether it would be Matt Ryan, I think he can. I just think that they have not. They've lost so much confidence from the Super Bowl they were supposed to win that they just have not picked their face up from it. Uh, the only people who I think may feel somewhat close to that, but they corrected it immediately was Golden State. When they when they went down 3-1, uh, they, they lost a finals 3-1 to LeBron's Cavs. And then, you know, in the parking lot, your boy was over here calling up KD to come to their team. So that's the only team I, I can even think has that could have temporarily lost their comp- confidence like the Atlanta Falcons have, but they just never got out of that mode. It really has just hovered over the entire franchise. Yeah, it's it's been terrible for them. Um, but that was good for me. Um, 
because <laughs> I'm a Patriots fan, and that that was a nerve wracking <laughs> game up until the end. But I would say mm, I'm unsure because the Falcons are unsure. Um, they don't know if they want to keep him at quarterback. And uh, I mean, Matt Ryan, he's he puts up great stats at times. Um, he has plenty of weapons. He, he's always pretty much had plenty of weapons, but has never been able to capitalize on it, except he did with his MVP year. And he did play a great game in the Super Bowl, but just made some costly mistakes near the end of the game. But um, I'm Actually, I have a question for you. Okay. So with Matt Ryan on the Cowboys, do you see the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl? No, if that was not. Happen? It's not any better. He, he's probably in the same situation or worse because the defense is not that good. Um, they have plenty of weapons, but he, he's in the same exact situation. You're quite right. Same type of owner, same type of man, even down to the stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's in the uh, same situation so yeah you're, you're right <laughs> I actually think so so um, the Falcons have also said that they are not completely sold on sticking with Matt Ryan for the future um, so I actually think you know if, if Matt Ryan is not brought back I'm not sure how long he has on his deal but if they kind of trade him or slide him at, out the back door like uh, Peyton Manning was and somehow able to get the number one overall pick, maybe they get Trevor Lawrence because everybody's looking at him as the consensus number one overall pick. And I think that would be a great transition. You know, he'd have plenty of weapons, um, not too far from where he is right now, going from Clemson to Atlanta, um, a guy who has played on the big stage multiple times. I think that they're looking at that as a possibility. I can see that. That that that's definitely sounds good. Because I don't. I think they've trashed the season. And we're only what five games in, and the season's trashed. I don't think there's real hope for competing for a championship or competing to to win a division. So it, it's might as well be rebuild mode. Might as well be. Um, but I definitely think Matt Ryan gets another job, and very quickly. I actually think he has his choice of jobs for the ones that are open. Um, so, I, yeah, I can see that happening. I think there, it's like a restart mode anyway. It's, it's actually kind of a race to the, to the restart in the NFC East because once these – I think it's really max two years for Drew Brees and uh, Peyton Manning because I, I think Drew Brees got one year. I think he's, his year, last year is this year. But within two years, they will both be out of division. The Bucks will be back to trash. Uh, Saints, they'll still have great people around them and will be searching for a quarterback. It's still a slight restart. Panthers are already on their restart, and Atlanta might as well get in the race on the restart. Yeah, so I think that that's definitely a possibility that the Falcons are looking at. You know, if we go ahead and tank the season, we haven't won a game yet. We're so far behind in the um, playoff race or even division race. Let's go ahead and tank this season. Our team sucks. Um, Matt Ryan, go ahead and start packing your bags. Start looking for another team. And I think that, of course, yeah, he is talented enough to still be uh, a good quarterback on another team. Um, but he just won't have as many weapons. Agreed. I think it's a waste of talent in Atlanta. Their offense has been wasting away for like the past four to five years other than the year they went to the Super Bowl. Like, it, you got Julio Jones out here just he's an amazing weapon. He, I think he is at least in the top five of receivers out there. If Antonio Brown was still playing right now, he fits into that top two. Odell Beckham, uh, him, the Hopkins, and your boy with the Saints. I think that's the top five uh, receivers out there. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I mean, they also have Calvin Ridley. I mean, he's been, I, I think he has more like better stats than Julio Jones up until this point in the season. And he's probably maybe just 
one tick below Julio Jones, but he's still, I, I would say, a top 10 receiver this year. Um, and then they have Todd Gurley. He's been balling. So, I mean, they have plenty of weapons on offense. So, it's almost really no excuse. Yeah, you're definitely right. Um, it, it's an embarrassment of riches for the most part. It, it, they just don't know how to get it together, even though they have the pieces, which is honestly the problem for most teams is getting the pieces. We have the idea, but we, we don't have the pieces. But they got the pieces, but don't have the idea. Uh, I will avoid that uh, comment when it comes to their defense, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. They are just ravaged with injuries on their defense. So I can see you for that reason. Um, that's why they've given up so many big leads, I guess. But still, the offense should be able to help their defense and stay on the field as long as possible. Um, but we'll move along to the last subject, which is about the NFL and the coronavirus. So the NFL has had multiple teams test positive within their organizations. Uh, games have been postponed and moved to days later in the week. So with multiple occurrences of the virus spreading throughout the NFL, should the NFL have done a bubble? I don't think there was a way to do the bubble. Like to do the bubble, they had to be more prepared and they were always banking on not having to do what other franchises had to do or other sports has had to do. I wouldn't say franchises because they're all whole. Uh, so I don't think it would be possible. They, sh I, I can't even say they should have because I think it would have been a failure if they tried to. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm not exactly sure what their protocols are when it comes to them trying to uh, evade the coronavirus. So, um, I mean, so far, it doesn't look like it's working. I mean, but during training camp, they didn't have any type of positive tests. So maybe they could manage it better within their own organizations up until, um, you know, playing other teams and guys just being out there. So. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm not sure how they could have done a bubble, but it, I mean, they could have done something better than this, uh, which goes into my next question. So does it look like the NFL had a plan to accommodate for positive tests of the virus? Not at all. For some reason, they thought they were immune, uh, from this situation, um, I think they're really about dealing with it once it happens versus preemptively doing it because their COVID protocol, I really haven't seen too much to like seem like they're really, really, really protected other than them testing them each day. Uh, like I haven't seen any equipment changes other than the coaches who have to wear face masks on the sidelines. I really don't see a lot that really does protect these players. Yeah, I agree. Um, it looks like the NFL was very arrogant and just thought that they were untouchable and that things were just going to go well. Um, it doesn't even look like they want to push back weeks of the season. They just want to go with everything as planned or maybe replace somebody else's bye week. So, you know, they have their early bye week and then they play that game later on in the season. So I, I, don't, I really don't know what their thought process was, but this does tell to the, their history because they are very reactionary and don't really plan ahead or they're not proactive. So um, it looks like, like they didn't have much of a plan and kind of scares me. Um, they might not be able to finish the season. As I've been, you know, I, before the season started, I I was completely surprised the season started. But I guess that's because I thought they were responsible adults. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, we can't really lean on that in our day and age. But uh, that's a whole nother subject. Uh, but I would say they're not. I, I really, really, really think they are not going to finish the season. And even if they do, they're, they must. And I say absolutely must do a bubble when it comes to the playoffs like that. That's the only way the bubble works for the NFL, because they'll. I, I, I just think a full NFL season is way too long 
to put them in a bubble. Now, the basketball players, I don't know why it seems even mentally better to put them in for the three months they were in there. But I just don't see football players staying in there that long. And, and I also see the a lot of relaxing of the protocol about COVID, even though the cases have not gone down. One reason why I don't think the NBA will even return to a bubble. They'll just be more careful than the NFL. And it, it is a whole lot easier when you're dealing with a less amount of people from staff to even players. Yeah, um, not even looking at the mental part, just look at the physical part. How are you going to contain all of these players? I mean, there are probably, I don't know, let's say five or six teams in the NBA is one team in the NFL. So that's <laughs> that's just yeah, almost exactly. impossible to put together in a bubble all of these teams, 32 NFL teams, uh, Actually, along with all the coaches, players, I mean, multiple staff members, is ridiculous. I think you're right because thinking about it, I think one team's full, like uh, their coaching staff, and I'm talking about NFL wise, all the players, because it's roughly about what I, I would say it's 20, 22. I think an NFL team consists of about 55, 55 players. I think two teams would make up all of the teams that were in the bubble. Yeah, that, that's probably true, probably including their coaching staff, because, I mean, you can play multiple games within one area for the uh, NBA. The NFL is just so much more different. Um, you got to accommodate for so many more people. Um, how are you going to move uh, teams around? I, I, don't, I really just don't know how they would have done it. Maybe they if, go to a, a state that has multiple stadiums that they could use, but I don't know. I think it's it's going to be a failed attempt here for this whole season uh, because even one one glaring big thing was uh, I can't remember the Patriot player's name. You probably do, but the one who played on defense every snap on that Monday night game, and then the next day he tested positive for Corona. Do you what? Do you Stephon Gilmore? Yeah, and. He had he was clearly tackling everybody. And that just lets you know that I think even if they try to do a bubble, they're going to end up letting a percentage of people with already with the virus into the bubble. Yeah, because you just don't know when it's going to test positive because they played the Chiefs that night and it looks like the Chiefs didn't have any positive tests. But we'll see within the in the within the next week or so if they come up with any positive people. So. You just don't know when this thing is going to pop up. Completely agree. Uh, but they're going to keep rolling, and games are going to keep getting canceled, and eventually the schedule is going to get all messed up. And that's – I think once it fully gets really, really messed up, these uh, teams are going to start arguing about fairness. For example, they already have been uh, asking whether the week they have to sit out is also their bye week which forces them to change strategy plans, healing, and everything, which then also deals with fairness and pe preparation for other teams. So I, I think it's just going to be a down – it's just going to go downhill in many different ways. Yeah, and that's really unfortunate. But for now, I'm kind of enjoying it because they are putting it on different days, not just Monday. You got a football game on Tuesday. I mean, next thing we know, we might have a game on Wednesday. So <laughs> for now, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But then when you start putting them on Wednesday, are you playing another game on Sunday? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. their bye week, the next week. I don't know. But then that's, that throws in the scheduling. So let's say you actually had no, because then you just had to cancel and delay because of your uh, – and gave the last week with a bye week, right? And a lot of those times. Yeah. See, the NFL just didn't think this through. They they really did not. So, I mean, they dug their own grave, but hopefully they can get out. Um, but that's it for So You Think You Know Sports. We'll move it along to the trivia questions. Alex comes up with the questions. It's three questions, almost with choice. I'll try to give you a little bit of commentary and see if I can get them right. So you can go with that first question, Alex. 
All right, first question. What was the most points LeBron James has scored in a playoff game? A, 51 points, B, 55 points, or C, 61 points? Hmm. All numbers. Um, I feel like I might know this answer. Um, I'm pretty sure it, it was in a playoff game. Um, and I feel like it was against the Charlotte Hornets, or they might have been the Bobcats at the time. But um, And I think he was on the heat whenever he did this. First round of the playoffs, I'm pretty sure, or one of those. But go ahead and ask that question one more time. Yes. Question one. What was the most points LeBron James has scored in a playoff game? A, 51 points. B, 55 points. Or C, 61 points. I'm going to go with 61 points for my final answer. Incorrect. <laughs> uh, like you, I was just shaking my head on a few details. And it was just like, dang, okay. I'm going to have to revise. The answer is A, 51 points. Okay. Uh, which he scored 51 points in the game against the Warriors versus Cavs that first round. You, everybody remember it's the oh, JR. Oh, okay. It's the Dang. JR game, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's his score, highest scoring in a playoff game was 51 points. But he did score 61 against the Hornets or Bobcats, right, one time? Yeah, but during the regular season. That's, that's yeah, that's where I got it mixed up. Yo, but question two. Who has scored the most points in NBA Finals game ever? A, Elgin Baylor, B, Wilt Chamberlain, or C, Michael Jordan? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> um, they're all great. Uh, Michael Jordan, we all know that he's a 10-time scoring champion. Um, I don't know what his highest scoring game was. Well, Chamberlain, we know he scored 100 points in a game, but I don't think that was in a playoff game. And Elgin Baylor, uh, I don't even know. Uh, just go ahead with that question one more time. Okay. Question two. Who has scored the most points ever in the NBA Finals game? A, Elgin Baylor. B, Wilt Chamberlain, or C, Michael Jordan? Um, I don't know. I'm just going to have to guess. Uh, I'm going to go with the lowest common denominator with Elgin Baylor. That's a surprise answer, but correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just went with the least because uh, it seemed like one that you wanted to trip me up with. So I just went with that one. No, I, I actually evened it out because Elgin Baylor, Will Chamberlain, Michael Jordan kind of on the same level of uh, scoring. But just to kind of define it, it was in the finals that Elgin Baylor scored 61 points versus the Lakers. Lakers, but who has the most points in playoff history uh, is going to be Michael Jordan with 80, sorry, 63 points, but it was not in the finals. Okay. Yeah, I knew he was a prolific right. scorer, it, that's, was, That was know. supposed to be a trip up if you even knew the numbers was the finals versus playoffs. Uh, but you got the answer right. So uh, let's go to the last question here. So who has the most three points, three pointers made in finals history? A, Steph Curry, B, Robert Ori, or C, Danny Green? <laughs> now, you laugh at Danny Green, but um, I know he I did. I only some... mostly laugh because he missed that shot, but I do know he hit a lot of them. I, I definitely read why I laugh. Yeah. Um, I remember him setting a finals record um, against the Heat, actually. I think it was the first time around um, that 2013 finals. Because they just left him wide open a whole bunch of times. But um, Steph Curry might have passed that at this point. Uh, so it's a toss up b between those two. So I don't know. Um, go ahead and with that question one more time. All right. Final question number three Who has the most three pointers made in finals history? A, Steph Curry, B, Robert Ori, or C, Danny Green? 
Um, wait, so you're saying most three-pointers in one game or just all-time? All-time. All-time, okay. Well, okay, that kind of throws a twist in it, actually. Um, I'm going to just go with Steph Curry. Final answer. Correct. It is Steph Curry. <laughs> but I'm surprised you didn't give uh, Robert Ory more entertainment there. Like, you didn't entertain his name more. You know, he nah. hit a lot of he, he hit a lot of big three-point shots in uh, NBA history. Um, but uh, just to kind of give you the numbers for Steph Curry is 121. LeBron's number two with three-pointers made in finals history with 101. And Danny Green is not close to Steph Curry at all. He has 59, and he's tied with J.R. Smith at 59. Okay. Well, I guess they've been around the same amount of finals with J.R. Well, actually, J.R. has one more, been to one more finals than Danny Green. Yeah, that's because of LeBron, but... Yeah, we know. <laughs> he would have never gotten close. <laughs> it's the truth. Very true. But, Go ahead. Um, that's it for So You Think You Know Sports. See you next week.